0: Hello and welcome to Post Audio's commentary track, where we talk over movies we think you should give a chance. I'm Doug. I'm Jeremy. And ba da ba da ba da ba da. We are talking Cowboy Bebop today. One of uh, probably, I would say, one of the greatest series of all time. Arguably.
1: Arguably. It's always up there. It's uh, it's towards the top of the list. Yep. At the very least, it's um,
0: I, it's very good I quality. It's very good quality, and it's obviously uh, Ken Watanabe's uh, masterpiece.
1: Yeah, basically his first one. Yeah. His first director's. His di- well, his yeah, the show was his directorial debut, first... right?
0: I always find this guy's uh, monologue um, interesting because he seems too thematic to be a uh, but I wonder if this is just like a spoof on Tarantino characters
1: this whole movie kind of feels a little bit like that but we'll probably <laughs> get into it later probably will um, they do give him plenty of a or at least some good motivation not plenty right. of motivation but enough to believe that this guy is uh, is robbing this random gas station not a gas station this is a little supermarket or something yeah. Um well, a little market. It wouldn't be a supermarket, right? Supermarkets big.
0: It I mean honestly it looks like a like a regular old party store, liquor store, liquor 7-11. Store.
1: There you go. That's what I'm looking store. for. But yeah, they It's interesting cuz even this throwaway character gets a little bit of a motivation at the beginning just enough yeah. to to make the world feel real, right? right he's not just some random robber he's some guy that's got a motivation and i mean the whole show is about yeah go ahead
0: no it's just like yes somewhat it's just a it's just an awkward motivation but i think that's kind of the point
1: yeah there's a reason that he's got a bounty on his head which is yeah if you don't know what the show is i mean do we even have to explain what the show is Uh, For the folks at home who
0: don't even watch anime or know the cultural significance that Cowboy Brebot brought in 1997, like, -hmm. I'd say it's probably the best anime that could be translated to a Western audience.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, almost all the references are Western references. Yeah. I, I mean, I struggle to think if there are very many, if at all, um, Eastern influ. I mean, there's obviously Bruce Lee and stuff, right? But I think that connects just as much to a Western audience as it does a Eastern audience.
0: Like Cowboy Bebop is basically if if you got John Woo, Sergio Leone, and uh, Bruce Lee, you and Bruce Lee, and your Star Wars influences. Um, all in, wrapped in one, you know, kind of like how Star Wars, you know, took a lot from Kurosawa and spaghetti westerns. Like Cowboy Bebop does the same, but instead of the fantasy approach Star Wars does, it takes it more as a western.
1: Yeah, which is a trend that a lot of people were doing from the late '90s, early 2000s. Yes, um, obviously the other one is Firefly. Uh, it's the same kind of deal where they're they're not exactly Bounty Hunters, but they are Space Cowboys.
0: They are Space Cowboys. You know, that's the whole CU Space Cowboy. Yep. Um, And we haven't really gotten the soundtracks yet because I've, uh, we'll get into that too.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we literally have to wait only about another 30 seconds. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Before we get a good intro song. Uh, one of the few soundtracks that I've actually went out of my way to go find. Really? Yeah. I, I don't think I've done that for any other cartoon or anime. Anything like that. But Cowboy Bebop actually has a really fantastic well, I mean, it's,
0: uh, uh uh, What's her name? Yakokano. Uh, yeah, Yako Kano And the seatbelts.
1: And the seatbelts, yep. Yeah.
0: And it's, it, it's incredible what they did with the original series. Like, again, like the whole... It's iconic. The whole...
1: Ba-da, 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 ba-da. It's... Awesome!
0: Now we get our song.
1: Yep. Here's our here's our uh, faux B-roll intro. Yeah. Still doesn't beat Dog Day Afternoon, but it is very very well done rotoscoping. Um, Yeah, very
0: done rotoscoping and uh, just like how I like it's just like city. It's kind of like Dog Day Afternoon a little bit. You know, city life on Mars.
1: Yep. It's very New York urban inspired yes honestly i mean there's a ton of these little shots that look exactly like new york yeah um and it actually reminds me of a documentary that my of an intro to a documentary that my uncle did around the same time as this this is
0: 2001
1: yep and yeah my uncle uh made a documentary 2000 2001 2002 somewhere in there um
0: in new york
1: it was well it was miami Oh, okay. But it still has the same general urban feel to it. Yeah. But a, a lot of uh, just random <laughs> goings on.
0: I, I like that one guy's move. He does a little dance karate chop move.
1: The Yeah, the karate guy who walks yeah. back in the frame. So is this rotoscope or is this all like... the The intro is all rotoscoped oh okay however the rest of it uh the fight scenes are rotoscoped really um but that's about it and for everything that's very fluid yeah um you'll see it easily but um everything else still feels like the show
0: like this stuff right here where i it almost has like i don't want to call it blade runner (laughs) <laughs> um, but Beautiful. it's got that it's got that neon feel to it, you know that neo noir look, and that's another thing. This is it's 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 a cowboy noir, western noir, I guess. That's more of what I was trying to go for.
1: Really? yeah. I mean, there's so many there's so many different influences. Oh, easily. I I I don't even think you could count. I think every I think there's twenty six episodes in the original. Um, yeah. TV show and each one of them has a different theme to it.
0: I mean, there's an alien episode. There's
1: <laughs> oh the the rock lobster.
0: Yeah, the rock lobster that's been like expired. Yep. <laughs> Turns into its own being.
1: Uh, you've got the psychedelic episode with
0: the shrooms. Yeah, with the shrooms. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, the yeah, that's the uh the black exploitation one. Yep. Um.
1: Uh, a a lot of stuff with uh, Faye's got this romantic uh side to it.
0: Mhm. Heck, you kind of even have an oceans one, in the. the oh casino. yeah, heist. Yeah, the heist. episode. Yeah, heist with the space casino. Yep. Pri- There's a prison break episode. I I I could just go on and on and on about like how, in you know we did the the Neon Genesis Evangelion movie and that is um that's a movie that's set place after a certain episode. And this movie is set in between certain episodes because obviously I think what was it by episode 24 was when like Ed and Ayn uh, left the ship.
1: Yeah, there's, this, there's a certain point. Well, at the beginning you've got I think two, two episodes where it's just... uh
0: it's just Spike, Spike and Jet.
1: And, Spike and Jet, yes. And it's and then, until to,
0: like, three or four when Faye uh, enters the foray. Well, actually, huh? before
1: that, even before that, it's Ayn, when they have to go get the dog.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right. Ayn is technically the the third crew member. Th- yep. And that's another Bruce Lee reference with uh, the Kareem Abdul-Jamar. Uh, oh, yeah. Character.
1: <laughs> yeah, where he's going around looking for the dog.
0: Tried. Yeah.
1: Um voice stole it from the lab and then turns out this it's this really really smart dog
0: just a really smart dog yeah I and mean I, right I there, love it we already we saw even it. got a bit of it with Ein's brilliance at the shogi game
1: yep I was going to say yeah we got reference to it there just yeah. in case you forgot what he does he doesn't do too much it's usually him and Edward. this is the
0: interesting thing this i so i recently saw Mugen train and uh you know, that's a movie that's canon with its, t- with its se- TV series counterpart. And I was thinking about this. Uh, they don't really introduce the characters. Like, if you're going to see that movie, you sure as hell um, better know what you're getting into. You better know who everybody is. This movie at least gives us the honor to introduce everybody.
1: Yep, just about without everybody.
0: Having sh- without having to show the show first.
1: I think I think Faye's intro here is not great. I mean, she just, no. just she just appears. But everybody else, I mean, you get weird Edward, you get smart Iron, you get yep. Spike and Jet doing a a quick hi, uh, doing a, qu- a quick bounty, bounty. yeah. Yep. And uh, Faye's um. all she gets is a is a quick. I don't like yes. hunting boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. and of course we get uh, Vincent's introduction. Yes. Who is probably one of my favorite character designs of any anime character. And the reason why is because Ken Watanabe specifically designed him to be a bastardization of uh, Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash. (laughs) He's the man in black. He's the man in black, and I think that's so cool. Like, he's got Bob Dylan's face, but Johnny Cash's, you know, persona. Or the man in black persona, I guess I should say.
1: Yeah. Well, it doesn't exactly have the same mindset, but...
0: No, well, obviously.
1: You can kind of see it. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit further. Further in when he has his own motivations. He's
0: he's kind of like the idea of what most 90s, even live-action villains, aspired to be. (laughs) Or aspired to look like.
1: Yeah. The very professional-looking... The Long professional-looking,
0: long-haired, scruffy-beard-look villain.
1: Yeah. I mean, not prof- professional-looking clothing, I should say. Yeah. Be a little bit more specific there.
0: <laughs> CBC.
1: A cosmic broadcasting company. Yeah. Sorry, commentary. You <laughs> I I can't quite read it.
0: I was thinking chemical tanker explosion, which I wonder is this all rotoscoped as well? Cause
1: uh, yeah some of that was yeah. yeah that guy that just walked by um it it starts off really really well rot- rotoscoped like all the normal people just having random interactions is all rotoscoped yeah but then you get some oh. of those scenes where it's just a still frame for however long. Kind of weird. It's it's a weird mashup. It's it's right. maybe the only real problem I've got with the movie.
0: With the movie, yeah. Well, visually. Visually, because otherwise this is this is pure nostalgia, uh, aesthetically pleasing anime <laughs> for me.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it's awesome. I don't have anything against the still frames or anything like that. But it's just odd to have really well done rotoscoping with just. Still frames, like here. Like right now this is yeah. just still frame. Mm hmm. Normal animation. However, they get all the details right, so can't complain that much.
0: I mean that's that's kinda of the, the the beauty of uh Cowboy Bebop was just the gritty uh grime realism that was that had like every brush painted on. Like they like no stone unturned without Moss and uh <laughs> dirt and stuff still on it, you know <laughs> oh yeah that that was like the show in a nutshell was just like um just gritty as can be,
1: i mean heck right right there, yeah, great detail is the uh is the instant cooker on the ramen noodles
0: right with a little bit of steam and stuff like that, and
1: yeah you gotta awesome. you gotta pull the bottom on it and it releases some kind of. Heat packet cooks your ramen.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, the technology in the show too. Like it's kind of like what we were talking with Ava. It's just like it's it's very a '90s idea of what technology would look like. Yep. And I and I lo- and I'm all for that.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I'm hoping that that's the direction we go. it's all got this oh, wonderful. clunky I think we're too far gone. Too. I think we're too far gone as well. But I can still I can still hope. You yeah. know. Maybe sometime in the future they'll they'll have to build a more bulky for some random reason. Which is not going to happen, but... Well, who knows.
0: But uh, they definitely got smoking wrong because now everybody vapes.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, it makes sense for Faye's character. Oh, well, yeah. I, I don't know if it's a... Is that a spoiler? Um... To talk about her backstory? Or are we just going to leave that out?
0: Uh, we'll just leave that out.
1: Okay, because technically I think this movie takes place before that revelation. It does.
0: It does, yeah.
1: So, we'll leave that one open. If you really want to figure it out, it's super interesting. Uh, right. Watch the I, show. Just,
0: just, yeah, so just to people, watch the show. It's on Hulu. Like, you should have no excuse. I mean, I bought the series recently. Um, just because, like, I this is a show, that's a show that I could rewatch anytime. time anywhere like cowboy bebop is probably the one that got me hooked
1: into anime yeah
0: like wanting to explore more like this was my gateway drug
1: oh yeah Uh, i think i think that's for the both of us yeah um i'm trying to remember there's something right before cowboy bebop that was like the not exactly like a linchpin or anything but it was like the spark and Mm -hmm. then then this show it's itself is what actually got me into watching. Not religiously, but at least having a respect for anime that it didn't really have before. Right. Um, yeah,
0: like um, kind of like what we were talking about when uh, in our Pokemon track. Like, I mean, uh, for me, it, it this wasn't. It took me a while to actually really appreciate it until i yeah just i just saw an episode of cowboy bebop and i went from there or technically if you could say avatar is what like really got my interest but at the time i thought avatar is only like uh just a nick nick cartoon not something uh inspired by this whole other thing
1: yeah something that uh i mean it seems extremely original but it still had its its influences yeah um, but
0: what a very COVID movie!
1: I was gonna say I'm I'm hoping not to talk about it too much, <laughs> or else this this track will be immediately dated. But I guess you can't get away from it. Nope. Um. However, uh, we didn't really talk about this too much. Ah, yes, mini disc. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> There's a. Uh, Edward's using a mini disc player. Yeah. But, um, we didn't really talk about this for the Pokemon track. Um, I think we've only mentioned it in passing it before that, too. But we have to talk about Toonami. And, uh, right. Oh, my God. Because that's the, uh, that's the channel that really got this going.
0: Yep. Because, yeah, I did want to, I did want to discuss more about that with Noah because, like, um, Because, yeah, like, Toonami is truly, like... And uh, Cowboy Bebop was one of the original shows in a lineup. Um, And it's a nightly block or Saturday night uh, block at, like, 3 a.m. Yeah. Or something. But, yeah, Toonami is kind of, you know, outside of maybe Speed Racer and maybe some Loop in the Third uh, cassettes that you'd find at a family video. But, like, Toonami is the one that kind of brought... Uh, interest to anime to the west.
1: Uh yeah, a lot of a lot of teenagers. <laughs> yes, it.
0: lots of teenagers. You know, like, that's how you Eng- watch Dragon Ball Z, Inuyasha, <laughs> um, and it and uh or Sailor Moon even. Yep. They uh- showed them all, and it it and it, uh and it grew a bunch <laughs> of interest for a lot of people. It was awesome.
1: Sorry, I'm I'm laughing at her little at her drawing.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's so funny.
1: Um, but yeah, um, not only was it watched by, I mean, it had to be a handful of people um, outside of the teenager demographic, yep. but because I'd say probably both of us watched it. I was only, yep. what, five, six.
0: I was going to say we were both like uh, youngins, and uh, I think my dad would sometimes watch Dragon Ball Z when he came home from late from work and uh you know i think we talked about this he's a big space ghost coast to coast fan so he was already aware of adult swim
1: yep oh yeah Uh, there's nothing what's nice about that time for me is that i'll never be able to replicate it i'll never be able to replicate sitting down in front of the the big old 70s console tv that we had (laughs) just like the size of the room itself you know gigantic television um on the ground so it was easy for me to see but uh, you'd stay up and watch Battlebots and Monster Truck Yep. and then Space Ghost Coast to Coast and then
0: Space Ghost Coast to Coast
1: Dragon Ball Z and especially uh, Sailor Moon is the one that um, I definitely latched onto as a, as a kid which maybe I'll save that for another commentary track
0: who knows maybe we'll do a Sailor Moon for anime
1: who knows I'd like to
0: this guy, um, I'm trying to think of his name. He's part of the seatbelts or is at least the uh, associate of, uh, Yoko Kano. Um, he does uh, a couple of my favorite songs from the original series and, uh, together they also did the theme song for, uh, Wolf's Rain, which was another one that was on Toonami a little bit after Cowboy Bebop premiered on there. Mm-hmm. But I love they bring back the three old guys. The three old they guys,
1: the three old geezers.
0: Back. Yeah, the three old geezers back from episode one. Yeah. They're just everywhere.
1: I I, I mean, they've been in other episodes too, I think. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: No, they've been plenty.
1: They, they keep showing up at the, at the dive bars and stuff.
0: Yes. Always playing cards and always, like, drinking and smoking and trying to share <laughs> stories about the old days. Yeah. <laughs> and they just can't remember what was what.
1: They keep telling the same story, but they a little different not at, well yeah oh there they go taking the table with them yeah well they keep trying to tell stories and they remember different versions of it very yeah. old people like pretty funny
0: they're kind of it's kind of like shakespearean like car- side characters to me
1: <laughs> yeah yeah they're like that's the chorus remind me
0: yes exactly that's what i was trying to think of
1: <laughs> Again, <laughs> oh, man, I love all the all the tech details on this. Somebody's got a grenade lighter. Uh, a grenade
0: lighter uh, that lights up to five feet.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and spikes. Uh, spikes Marlboro uh, cigarette box. Marlboro cigarette. When box, he when he, yeah. when he taps on it, it shoots a cigarette up. Super cool. No
0: no my favorite one is uh it's the episode the space trucker episode and he's uh, making himself a prairie oyster and he puts gin in it but the bottle is boof eaters gin <laughs> I, always, I always laugh at that little detail
1: <laughs> tons of that stuff i think i think mine i might as well talk about it now while there's not much going on uh I, okay. definitely my favorite episode or should i save it for later Cause there's a, actually um, there's a relevant spot for it later. I'll save it. Okay, I'll save it.
0: Kind of reminds me of uh, I just got a Night of the Living Dead or Return of the Living Dead. I should say uh, flashback with the with the uh, dissected puppy Oh diagram <laughs> coming back to life.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Kind of. Just yeah. because this guy, or this mannequin's all dissected. Yeah, that's,
0: yeah. the mannequin's all dissected. It just reminded me of that. And I'm like. And it it's even looks moist, too, just like the dog does and that.
1: Yeah. Well, they're good at details, aren't they?
0: I. Uh, yep.
1: We just said that, and there's another good example. Mm hmm. There, okay, there's another example. So the guy that walks in front of this, that is in the foreground. That walks past yeah. the screen there is rotoscoped, right? But the way that these guys, but the way that they're talking, is not. No, and it's in it's. I think it's drop two, drop three animation. Hmm. And that's where um, drop two and drop three animation, I think, is what it's called. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not an animator, but I've heard the term a couple times.
0: It sounds familiar.
1: Um, but you'll you'll hang on a frame for. You'll have two or three frames that are the exact same. Right. For the span of a 24 frame a second shot yeah so it kind of gives it that a little bit of stutter to it
0: again yeah that's why it's like so nice for these movies to look more fluid because they have the budget and the time yeah to to actually more frames per second yeah no because we were talking about that with tv shows you know because like even especially like back in the day like a lot of shows are just stocky looking. It's because you know there's there. Uh, I think Japan actually has a cap limit for their studios, so you don't overwork your animators. I think at fourteen uh, frames a second, but like movies, I feel like it's always been free range. Yeah, well, I've got because
1: it's not expected that you're gonna be doing this for weeks on weeks, Right. Or, well, months on months.
0: Like Like a TV show can last for years. Right. And that was like the problem like Avatar and Korra, especially Korra, like ran into where it was like over 25 frames per second. And that's why the show looks amazing. But like um, the studios were like refusing to pay some of the animators and stuff. And it was a whole big deal where like um, everybody was like getting overworked and just like sleeping at the studio itself, working, it's just like ah, it's too much. So they eventually came to a deal. This is a very seventies like movie.
1: <laughs> I, I know it's got it still has a lot of those like influences get, that the show has. Hey, you know,
0: not yeah, not western influences, but like I'm getting like Midnight Express seventies <laughs> and. Uh, what's the other one i was thinking of uh oh, who's the guy that directed uh exorcist and uh french connection
1: mm.
0: oh my gosh this is gonna uh william fichtner no
1: Friedkin. yeah
0: yes Friedkin. thank you william Friedkin. yeah um he did the first name of her movies uh sorcerer and the beginning like it's uh it's like set in israel at one point and then then it's like set in mexico and it's like all around the world but uh all these poli- uh like geopolitical events happen and it's like really interesting and in how it's filmed and that's what this kind of reminds me of it's just like how, how everything's like shot and framed yeah it's very 70s especially
1: i like yeah that under the underpass traffic yeah. the underpass kind of deal yep all right now uh, there's a there goes that card. I'm, I'm. There's a neat little detail there where the guy is playing a, a Rally X, an old Rally arcade S. game. Yeah. With the with the smoke and he's moving along. Mm-hmm. And he stopped the other little cars from getting from you. Oh yeah. Um. I'll, I'll save again. That was where I wanted to pick up my technology thing, but it's okay. I'll come back <laughs> to it. Right now we've got John Wayne. Yeah, John Wayne's
0: uh fistful of dollars (laughs) yeah john wayne yep where's his beer gut
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's man i noticed this when i was watching this last night there's a lot of uh wishing for the old days well that's kind
0: of that was kind of a theme from the show too
1: yeah Uh, it's because it's the uh it's like a new frontier kind of deal much like the west how the west was
0: right exactly
1: um
0: like how the west was won it wasn't won by cowboys it was won by the death of cowboys yeah you know all that old time stuff it's usually the theme i mean shane for god's sakes that's that theme
1: what'd you say (laughs) no i was
0: talking about like shane like that's that that whole movie's theme is you know the old west dying and the new west coming in but in order to kill the you have to kill the old and in order to get in with the new.
1: Yep. Yep. But even the show's got so many old details in it.
0: Yeah. Where it's like a, it's, it's, that's kind of like a thing maybe even like could be applied to today where like nostalgia is like infectious and, um, almost like disease like, um,
1: Uh, perhaps, and
0: how it can like impede on one's own ability to move forward.
1: Ah, uh, but a lot of people like looking at for the looking to the past for answers, right? Or at least some, some to help relate them with what's going on now. True. Um, at le-
0: I'm saying like I don't know a how much I want to argue. For like the past, that type of nostalgia where it's it it becomes self-debilitating that you only focus on it so much that you lose sight of what's uh, moving ahead in front of you. I'm talking about, like, personal growth. Not, like... Because, like, even kind of now we're seeing it, like, it's like a mass we are nostalgic for this and that. You know, like, ever since Stranger Things kind came out, it seems like everybody wants to do 80s retro stuff without even fully understanding what the 80s really were and what they were warning against.
1: Yeah. I'd argue that it's, it's a lot of people who... I want to experience something that they can't experience anymore perhaps yeah. and may or maybe uh, maybe te- uh, technology and society is going in a direction that people deep down don't want to go i don't know yeah this would be something to uh i don't have any data to back that up this would be something to look <laughs> into or else i would try to, to, to make a more compelling argument right this is only something like it that i've just thought about now you this know, feels
0: very carpenter Oh, Carpenter, yeah. Yeah, of course, you know, the Halloween and Halloween the lighting.
1: Yeah. Light shining directly at the uh, yes, direct center of the at frame. The Light flare. Uh, but to, to go with um, technology, at least in the world-building sense earlier mm. on, especially with all this old tech that's in it, yeah, um, I just think that's so important, especially for a sci-fi setting. So important for you to do. I think, you know, Blade Runner 2049 does it. Um, yep. uh Alien and Aliens does it to a certain degree.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I think Alien... It, I mean, I wish I didn't say Blade Runner now that, of course, is Alien. When it's like, that's that's the greatest way to do it. Where it's like, you take um real-world, like... Um, Technology, and then you just set it out in space, like yeah. you don't necessarily change too much of it. You don't try to make it so futuristic. You make it something resembling something present day, but then just shoot it off into space.
1: Yeah, and make it work realistically in that. Yep. In that kind of uh, atmosphere setting, whatever. But um, the only
0: place I can't I can't think of why it's in the alien set is the uh the one where uh uh what's his name? Uh Harry Dean Stanton's characters dies in that weird room where there's just a bunch of chains dangling with rain. Oh <laughs> and water. I'm like, this is obviously just made for cinematic purposes, but
1: Yeah, not uh, every movie's perfect. Other than that,
0: the rest of the set design. Amazing. Right. I wish more and i'm looking at you marvel movies would be more like that from time to time
1: unless you're trying to go for
0: that big kirby influence
1: yeah it's um and it gives so much depth to the world that it's like it's it means that time has passed from a certain point right because i think a lot of sci-fi properties fall into the trappings of everything is brand new like everything is brand new oh i know yeah um, there's like you said earlier there's no and it doesn't even necessarily mean grit when we when we no. say grit it's a amalgamation for uh relatable
0: yeah just something that you would see at work or just passing by on the street like that's what i mean when i see yeah when i say grit i mean like actually looking at a scuffed up tire mark yeah you know I'm looking at Rust. I'm looking at that like that something that I've seen in the real world that I can apply to something here.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's it just makes sense too cuz say in this in the sci-fi setting, especially like Cowboy Bebop, where you have physical tires hitting the ground. Right. It, it wouldn't be brand new the entire time. They
0: They're not all hovercrafts. Yeah. Like, um even the space gates themselves feel like everything feels like could be realistic mm-hmm. in the future. Even though I think this show is supposed to be like set in the late twenty twenties. <laughs> and uh, we're going to no. near space gate technology and
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> uh I think it's set in 2074,
0: 2079. twenty seventy four. Twenty seventy nine. Oh that's it. Yeah, twenty seventy four. Oh, I think they colonized Mars around they, the twenty twenties.
1: Yeah. So what Okay, that's a spoiler, Doug. <laughs> for well, for we already uh, know they're on Mars. For no, that's for uh, Faye's background. Oh well, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> How dare I? It's okay.
0: It's almost a thirty-year-old show.
1: I know. Honestly, I, I'm almost compelled just to give it up anyway.
0: I know, right? Are you still you? You could still hold on to your favorite episode.
1: Have we talked about that yet? No, we haven't yet. Because it is my favorite episode, the one I don't want to give away. Okay. That one's got amazing detail with its its technology. Oh, okay. I bet you can guess what I'm talking about, right? Uh,
0: I can have a similar guess, but I'm only thinking of my favorite episode off the top of my head, but I kind of want to wait for that one, too. Okay because um, in the way that uh, Watanabe and team directed action, especially in the old show, is absolutely incredible. Um, And the movie excels at it as well. (laughs) Faye is such a great character.
1: Uh, Yes. I I
0: guess we didn't really delve too much into how awesome the characters are
1: we did a little bit at the beginning um just to get past the introductions though yeah each each one of them has got their own motivations and flaws and strengths everything that you want with a a nice ensemble cast exactly it's not called the spike show it's cowboy bebop it's all of them
0: no yeah it's it's the name of the ship yep it's the bebop
1: I I honestly think that Firefly got a lot of its ideas from this, but I can't, you know oh, that might be hearsay.
0: Uh, well, I think you'll anger a lot of people.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. I, I love that show too, but man, there's a lot of similarities between the two.
0: I I think I would be Team Bebop over Firefly. Or Serenity or whatever the name of that ship was.
1: Oh man, even the even the amount of episodes and the fact that they got one movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> What's happening? Except I think I they, think... I think they had half the amount of shows that Cowboy Bebop did.
0: Yeah, and also I think, uh, I think people are pretty much satisfied with Cowboy Bebop's ending in a de- certain g- degree than they were at Firefly because that was just abruptly canceled.
1: Yeah, that was that was a hard bop done. You're done yeah um and i did want to i mean the whole reason i really wanted to do this is one to talk about tsunami, uh two yeah. to to contrast it with our our Ava commentary track because
0: um, yeah i do want to talk a little bit to that too because again they're i wouldn't call this one an ova an ova like this is oh no, this is specifically a movie, a movie yep and and it doesn't give you the answers that you that people would have expected when they heard news about oh there's going to be a cowboy bebop movie Mm -hmm. you know because like people watch that finale and you're like okay well now what what happens now it's like well that's how it ends
1: that is yeah it's it's a very
0: yeah okay it's a very yeah it's a very bittersweet ending
1: um i was gonna say it it's it's one of those endings that is always going to be controversial no matter what yes Um, i'm thinking about the uh soprano's ending yeah where it's similar where you don't know if the character lives or dies at the end
0: exactly and i I, you know me i think i've said a billion times i love those endings
1: yep gives you it gives you a little bit of interpretation
0: yeah which i I, you know
1: you need you need um you need audience participation for a really good show you know yes you and uh, the ending is a perfect time for that because that's when that's how you're going to get people involved and having mm-hmm. a really tight well-written ending with a open-ended scenario
0: exactly and that's why i think up oh, there's your uh kubrick <laughs> yes <laughs> but that's why i think um which one I was just thinking of um I mean that's why this movie works so well is because it just feels like it could have been another episode
1: I mean that's why I was it really is made to be another episode
0: yeah it's and... just a more detail oriented <laughs> action packed episode
1: yes uh, and about well how long are the episodes twenty two minutes for yeah minutes? like
0: twenty two twenty five minutes um there was only maybe a- four episodes that had two parts to them. I can yeah. think of Jupiter Jazz had two parts and uh what is it? Not Ballad of the Fallen Angels, um knocking on Heaven's Door. Or no, this is not this on is heaven's Door. Yeah. What was the name of the finale? It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been a while. Ah, oh, it's gonna kill me because that was another thing the The titles of the episodes are even cool or sessions
1: they're, they're all sessions they're not sessions. <laughs> these aren't episodes these are sessions stuck.
0: <laughs> we haven't really gotten into the jazz influence yet
1: there, there's a ton of musical influence and it's oh my god most of it's and jazz it's,
0: Yeah. and most of it is jazz bebop
1: there's, there's a couple of uh, rock and roll references too though
0: I like, mean knocking on heaven's door I mean like
1: uh, this one and there's Bob Dylan
0: can you get right there
1: I think there's a Led Zeppelin episode too
0: yeah, I think there is. Yes, yeah. there. I think. I don't want. I was almost gonna say "Stairway to Heaven." And do you know what movie Bob Dylan wrote for, the music for, that has that features "Knocking on Heaven's Door"?
1: You're gonna have to tell me, Doug.
0: Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Come on. Ah, yes. Chris Christopherson is Billy the Kid. James Coburn
1: is Pat Garrett. I'm just getting ready for this fight scene anyway, oh, but yes
0: this is like yeah this is like one of my favorite fight scenes
1: I definitely, arguably oh, even
0: towards the show too
1: oh in the entirety of the show
0: yeah like no I just, I just love the, the interaction and banter between these two characters
1: <laughs> all the fight scenes are very Bruce Lee
0: yes and that there's our bebop jazz
1: yep I mean, there's some there uh, we already said it earlier, but the original score is also fantastic. yes. but then the show, uh, I mean, this definitely sounds like the show right now, um, and then there's a track mm-hmm. later on that sounds like it as well. Oh yeah, um, which we'll point out when we get there. <laughs> I love him flipping over his broomstick like that. yeah.
0: and I love it when she just like smashes it. <laughs> yeah, she just breaks Her, it off Now I know we're we're watching this in a dub. Obviously you you're definitely team sub. Oh, I'm watching I'm quote. watching
1: this in sub, my friend.
0: Yeah. I I love Steve Blum's delivery of that. Uh, I always love a girl that could kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm sorry, but like uh Steve Blum spike all the way.
1: He is very good. I will say out of all the dubs, this one's the best one. I do like Studio Ghibli's as uh, uh, dubs as well but
0: i bet you watched disney dubs of miyazaki films <laughs>
1: they're good they're well they produced darn it they're
0: well produced I, I, hey i forgot to tell you i actually did watch the first 10 minutes of uh, porco rosso the other day
1: ah oh, yes
0: and had brad garrett in it and i was like why isn't this guy in more animated movies he's got the vo- i mean he's got that baritone but uh michael keaton voices uh porco oh yeah yeah
1: which I don't think any of those people have ever voiced anything since
0: he was Michael Keaton he's in a lot of Pixar movies
1: oh I guess yeah that counts
0: yeah he's Chick Hicks in Cars and he's uh Ken in Toy Story
1: yep sorry I forgot I sometimes I don't even include Pixar even though they are animated films
0: they are animated films
1: CGI that just doesn't come to mind
0: no uh Right off the bat. I mean, yeah, you got to remember, it wasn't until the Disney Renaissance and Pixar when uh, celebrities were used to be voice actors.
1: Right. Kind of a, it was a oddity. Anytime you had a big name, yeah. movie star, step in to do uh, animation, mm-hmm. uh, voice acting.
0: Because obviously, voice acting is a different beast than acting.
1: You got a bunch of these I weird...
0: Yeah, the hacker stuff. Her,
1: her, her, yeah, real hacker stuff. I can speak properly. Talk about,
0: talk about dating your film somewhat.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's um, like the Jurassic
0: Park, you know. Uh-uh-uh.
1: You didn't say the magic <laughs> word? The magic word. <laughs> um, definitely once we get to Edward's hacking scene. That's a little yes. dated. So, I mean, we'll get there. It's... It, is the whole character of Edward dated well it i mean obviously you know that's based on a real person uh, really i did not know that you didn't know that it's supposed it's did based I... on yoko kano really and, and her uh and her personality quirks yeah no kidding i honestly could see that <laughs> yeah she's got that kind of weird childlike ADHD ADHD mentality and she's yeah very tomboyish and Mm -hmm. uh just bounces back and forth but always very hyper yep uh very emotional that that kind of thing I'm surprised I thought you knew that but
0: no I did not know that hey
1: we're all learning something new today
0: we're we're all learning something new today
1: Uh, but I haven't seen that kind of character in a, a series sense. So it might be No. Dated. It might I'm, I guess it might be dated
0: in that sense or that's what kind of makes Cowboy Bebop unique is that you can't have a character like that and then still have that heavy set of uh themes and moods blend so well.
1: Well, it's that's why it's an ensemble, right? And that's maybe yeah. why it does work so well. I don't know. I don't think you could have an entire show just of Edward and I I'd... No. It'd be it'd be a kids show or it'd be marketed yeah. as a kids show, but It'd be marketed
0: as like a kids shown in.
1: Yeah. But it'd be
0: it'd be a strange one. I'd probably watch it, but I probably wouldn't love it as much as I do this.
1: I agree. And I I could honestly say the same about all these characters by themselves. I, I w- it'd be interesting to watch a Spike Spiegel TV show, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'd love Mike it.
0: Spiegel, the prequel, when he's he a mob enforcer.
1: Yeah, isn't he in the army or something?
0: He was at one point, and so was Vicious.
1: Yeah. Um, But I just... It wouldn't have the same appeal. No. Um, same with Faye Valentine. Uh, there's actually a show that's kind of like it, where it'd just be her. It's called In The Wire. It's a 90s anime. If you've ever oh, okay. Heard of that. And it's nope. two it's two female secret agents kind of act like (laughs) Faye Valentine Uh, check it out or don't check it it out it's an alright anime just thought I'd mention it
0: is uh dressed as uh suggestively lewd as (laughs) Faye
1: no (laughs) no but it's the personality similar between the two uh, the two uh uh, I guess they're lead female characters they're not actresses (laughs) right I had to stop myself. Actresses. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Voice actresses for sure. But they're animated, so I don't know. I didn't know what to call them for a second. <laughs> Dude, this joke does kind of crack me up a little bit.
2: Yeah.
1: We've got the the two. Um, yeah. You got the both spectrums. You've got the tomboy, and then the. Uh, the transgender. Transgender. Yeah. I have no time for boys, or sorry, I have no <laughs> time for women. <laughs> I have no time for women. Yeah. I don't know. It probably isn't a joke that could fly now, but it got it. it. Did get a chuckle out of me. Oh, in fact, this whole section's got a chuckle out of me where she's going up and trying to figure out. Uh, yeah, where who the boundary is. is. Yeah.
0: Yeah no edward like i said like edward um is just too unique of a character that you couldn't put her in any other setting um and take it seriously but like like she's obviously like a big team player yeah and like helps out
1: which is interesting in
0: a long weird way but it's awesome like one of my favorite episodes is when she's just been playing chess with this guy who set this uh this hack that's supposed to go off in like 50 years and it's like to that point and uh she's like battling it's like a battle of like crazy geniuses and it's awesome
1: oh yeah that's uh, that's probably edward's uh best episode oh yeah <laughs> and she she helps out but she doesn't tell uh, Faye which apartment building that he's in yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is that's a great summation of the character right there
0: Oh, easily. She did her part. No. Now
1: she's gonna go do what she wants.
0: We were, ta- we were talking uh, character dynamics in platoon, and obviously, um, Cowboy Bebop has like some of the best character dynamics. You know, it starts off with Jet and Spike, you know, struggling by, and then uh, Faye to the rest of the crew, and as Edward and Eines' dynamic. It's just all awesome. It's So great.
1: It's it's you know, like we said. Plenty of times at this point, it's so it's definitely need to to watch it. Yeah. Um, and it's because the screenwriting is so well done as well. Yeah. Um. As we're watching, I they said it wasn't a virus, even though they keep calling it a virus. It seems to be some kind of something.
0: More like a we're pathogen. St- yeah, just a... Yeah, like um. It's like airborne, and only Vincent is immune to it.
1: Yeah, we're still figuring out the details, so yeah, we won't spoil it yet. Um, however, the creepy stuff is kind of coming up here in a second.
0: I, that's why I kind of feel bad for Faye's character because you know it's not a fan of the trope of you know the damsel in distress. I think I complained this about before, especially uh, in the recent adaptation of It. Um,
1: (laughs) Which I did not see, but go on.
0: Yeah, no, well, no, it's just like they made a whole plot of the movie centered around saving the girl who is, in the books at least, was proven to be like the, the most badass out of all of them. And i don't know the screenwriter or whoever put her in a damsel in distress situation to motivate the boys to save the day and i was like ah this this just ruins it for me (laughs) but hey they could have they could have gone worse when adapting that book they could have actually adapted the gangbang
1: the gang the gangbang scene we might have to save that for the for an it commentary track or something
0: (laughs) well if we do it we would have to do the tim curry one
1: exactly That's the the only. That's the only one people had
0: nostalgia for. Speaking of.
1: Hey. As far as I'm concerned, it's the only one that exists, right? (laughs) Yeah, true.
0: You don't even know who Bill Skarsgård is, I bet.
1: I know the Skarsgards. Skarsgard.
0: Skarsgard. Them damn Swedes or Norwegians.
1: Uh, We just call them Nordic countries in America, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't pronounce their names, so we just say Nordic. Or at least I can't, being a dirty Midwesterner and all that. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I think Faye's out for. Yeah. Like the next again. half hour. I mean, we do have another, you know, badass female character, so to speak. But I don't want to see. I want to see Faye. Darn it. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm watching no, the Faye's show. awesome. That's why I'm watching the. Uh, Pudweiser sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah Um. yeah you know I want to see them all working together I mean honestly when I finished because I watched the show and then the movie at the, mm-hmm. you know, the first time I watched this or the series in total is um, you know I just I wanted to see them all back together after the, the finale really yeah it's, it's unfortunate that we don't get too much of Faye
0: but we get one of my favorite uh oh uh, what was I watching the other day oh well yeah I was watching Mugen Train and uh there is one shot and I'll probably point it out where I just got Cowboy Bebop movie flashbacks and I was like ah, oh, I hope they really did that as reference to that
1: <laughs> it's newer right
0: yeah no it just came out this year well okay. technically came out in Japan last year it's now in the states this year and it's now the highest grossing anime film of all time. Duh. Globally. Bummer. It just beat out Dragon Ball Super Broly. Yeah. It's uh, up at 500 million now.
1: That's not too bad. No. Dang, man. Spike and run. Spike, I know. <laughs> Now, when I was rewatching this the uh, last night, I was like, "Man, this guy can run up, <laughs> can catch the train."
0: Well, I mean, there's a part of Spike where it's like that guy is like indestructible, and <laughs> well, even with the show.
1: Well, I mean, there's a reason for that too. So true. Actually, I think that uh, that's in this. But movie yeah, this is
0: the this is the shot that just reminded me of it.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, where he fires through the the glass.
0: Fires through, but there's like something else coming at him, and then he uses his feet i was like ah they did that move in Mugen and train and i'm like ah the spike move <laughs>
1: <laughs> i feel like so, i've seen it in some other movies too but not, oh yeah not before this one
0: so the guy who voices vincent um Oh i love this with the light and he uses that as an opportunity to f- catch, him catch him off guard it's great yeah Again, action. How to direct it. People watch this so you can understand it better. (laughs) And then this poor schmuck in the newspaper. Yeah,
1: talk about Tarantino vibes.
0: Yeah. But, um... Oh, what was I getting at? I was going to talk about, uh... Oh, yeah, the voice actors for the dubs, specifically. So, for you sub-watchers out there. um, So, Steve Blum and the guy who voices Vincent is the same guy that voices Cosmo in The Fairly Oddparents. And he was the janitor in Ned's Declassified.
1: Oh, uh, man. Gordy. <laughs> Gordy, yes. Gordy from Ned's Declassified. So he
0: voices Vincent in the dub in this. And his wife um, is the, the woman who voiced Julia in the show. Oh, really? <laughs> and then she they they eventually got divorced i think in like 2012 or something like that and then a few years later guess who she married steve blum steve blum
1: <laughs> yes i guessed it
0: spike spiegel and julia got together oh to
1: go man it's match made in heaven
0: yes it's great
1: that's really funny right no that guy that guy uh since i didn't watch the uh the double this i don't think i would have ever figured that out um no but he's I, done a, I mean, so much voice acting work and oh, live he, action he work has. Too. yeah kind of no, weird to see a nickelodeon he, he's voiced,
0: yeah okay. he voiced multiple characters in the cowboy bebop show but i think the most recognizable one is the uh the guy everybody keeps comparing spike to the uh show y bounty hunter <laughs> <laughs> who yeah. dresses up like a cowboy yep yeah. but i love this like it just shows the scope of like spike's own uh capability but then immediately
1: yeah this guy doesn't feel any pain or anything like that
0: no it's like how do you, how do you go up against a, like a force of nature like that stay tuned okay. Who can just churn your stomach with his fingers.
1: With his fingers. And he doesn't even have any sharpened fingernails. No. Did I ever tell you that story, Doug? Of the guy Good who had, had wolf fingernails? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was in college. Okay. Um, and so I, I used to work at a... as uh, a testing center there. Right. So I, you know... I'd go in and, like... Either morning or the afternoon, depending on the time um and I'd go in there and make sure that nobody was you know I'd oversee testing mm. and this and that, and make sure nobody was cheating um anyway, one day and it, this was after I think you and I went out and I had too much to drink, <laughs> and I was already feeling a little woozy that morning. Went into work, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, so I picked up somebody else's. I was just pick, you know, switching off of somebody else who was already there, so I didn't see this person come in. I did check them out though, you know, once uh-huh. they're done with their tests, and they want to go sign their paper to, you know, you know, no, you know, you have to do it when you leave so that you mm-hmm. have this time scale of people going in and out. Right. And this guy. Clipped his fingernails to where they were. I mean, there were sharp triangles. Every single one of them. Oh. And it freaked me out so bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was already tired from drinking so much the night before that I thought I was in some kind of nightmare world.
0: Where there's a wolf man. There's a wolf man. Taking and he's... a college exam. Yeah. Oh, like, I'm imagining, like, how does that guy, like, do the. Uh... You know, rotating finger move on a desk.
1: Uh, it probably does it pretty well.
0: <laughs> and it, and it's just you just hear that clack.
1: Is all and only yeah. All, I mean, you could hear it clacking when he was writing on the the paper. You know, when it was hitting the desk. Yeah, <laughs> it was a. It is a, one of the strangest things that has ever happened to me. <laughs> as I talk over this, uh, as we find out, she's immune. Yes. Um talk over a pretty important part of the movie so Spike gets thrown out of a train She's One immune. of my
0: favorite train scenes
1: Yes, it's it's almost as good as Spider-Man 2
0: Yeah That's definitely <laughs> in my top 5
1: Honestly, Spider-Man 2 I think ripped off from this scene
0: <laughs> That's a That'll be a hard sell that's a that's a bold claim came. he has a very bold claim
1: <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, not every train scene's <laughs> the same all right guys <laughs> not everything's a monolith
0: not not if I have anything to say about it,
1: <laughs> okay, so he gets picked up by uh Native American Martians, <laughs> yeah.
0: That's kind of an interesting sentence you thought you'd never put together right I,
1: right I guess they made it to they made it to Mars
0: well this guy was in the show too
1: yes he was yeah
0: I can't remember if Jupiter Jazz was his first episode or if it was another one
1: it's been it's been a couple of years since I've watched the whole series again I might have to do yeah. that but uh, yeah he he was a guest supporting character
2: mm-hmm
1: Probably had what two, three episodes.
0: Yeah, no, he he was like, I think Spike goes on a vision quest with the dude or something like that, or they just have a, need to share a peace plate.
1: It's something, something to that effect.
0: Yeah, I like how the train is still there. In the background. yeah, they haven't
1: been able to move it yet. That's kind <laughs> yeah, of weird.
0: Able to move it. That's kind of like a real world thing.
1: Yeah, yeah it takes That's some. It. Uh, I mean, it doesn't happen very often anymore, but. Especially in New York during the, uh... When things weren't totally uniform yet at the Transit Authority for the subway, yeah, you'd have crashes every so often. Yeah, it'd take them like a week. A week to move all the cars Uh out of there.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to make mention since this movie came out in 2001 in New York and some stuff didn't get moved out of the way quite yet.
1: (laughs) I'm talking specifically about transit here.
0: Transit. Doug.
1: (laughs) I mean it's a train. I I just felt that that was the closest thing to compare it to. Well I was a, I was just trying to think
0: of you know, speaking of New York and um rivers, I was thinking of uh Sully, Captain Sully's plane. Oh the Hudson.
1: Crashing into the oh, Hudson, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I wonder how long that plane was in the river for.
1: Uh a little like, bit. How do you
0: tow how do you tow a thing like that? You get a big of, old crane there with big old crane,
1: uh? Just big old crane.
0: Hey, t- 2001 in <laughs> New York, Twin Towers shot.
1: Did I miss it? Wait, is it in the skyline? You must have
0: missed it. Yeah, it was the skyline, but it was like straight on two, two towers.
1: Well, I mean... With the sun in between them. Oh, I see him now. Um, yeah. So this was this was made in 2000, obviously. Well, right they it. probably started production in 99, 2000, somewhere in there. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those who don't know and are listening, um, Jeremy and I are both born before 2001. So considering that the most significant historical moment to happen in our lives was probably 9-11.
1: It's COVID. What? Oh, sorry. What? Oh, (laughs) 9-11, right.
0: Pre-COVID, Jeremy. Pre-COVID. Okay. You're trying not to
1: date this. I know. I had to do it. I had to do it. (laughs)
0: We're still living through COVID right now, as we speak. There, I dated it.
1: Now you've done it, Doug. <laughs> that was a weird shot. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna lie, that was a weird shot. I guess it was tasteful, but. I, I yeah,
0: that's I think Watsonabee being servicey. And...
1: For for a character that we just met. <laughs> for, <laughs> by the, yeah. By the way. Um. This
0: isn't this isn't Faye wearing the uh, the the g-string suspenders,
1: or whatever those are. Hey, there's future suspenders, Doug.
0: Future. These are the way of the future, um, where you wear it over your shoulders.
1: I, is it supposed to be uh, just vulnerability? Maybe. Possibly, because
0: I mean, Spike's costume. I mean, like, what is there to say except that, you know, professional business hitman,
1: not not Tarantino character. Not not for Faye. Uh, just that one shot that we just saw. Oh, Where she was putting oh. her shirt on.
0: Yeah, probably just vulnerability.
1: I, cause I, I mean, it's not until later on that we get a little bit more vulnerability from her. She puts on this, again, because there's, I mean, all these characters are really well done. So you yeah. have to add that extra dimension to them. Um, but we're still hey, talking about fa-
0: can get naked too <laughs> like
1: I, I mean if you're trying to save time you've got two hours here yeah Um, and you don't want a super you want a show don't tell kind of idea I mean that's a quick way to get it across I mean it's it was only like a second long right yeah but it was no. enough for your, your brain to figure out what was going on and then just a
0: cut- nod transition I guess and we spent too much time talking on it
1: <laughs> and we did but it's important i don't know i'm trying to think of how characters are created and how you give them death without right depth i'm sorry without you know going into it too Sex, much
0: t- yeah, without yeah without sexualizing them too much
1: yeah um hey here's our hacking scene <laughs> yeah
0: i was waiting for you to come up and say it
1: yeah we're finally made it as as edward's doing the wave
0: Ah, uh, I love edward She's awesome. um like I love how her character has like no <laughs> no physics to her anime her uh <laughs> her, her animation her yeah. movement whatsoever yeah, yeah she's
1: she's breaking her it's like she has no bones. she's jelly.
0: it's like yeah, like it's like the Harry Potter where he's like, well, as you can see, the arms aren't broken. Broken. <laughs> There's no bones left to be broken.
1: <laughs> yeah, just flopping around. That's that's what <laughs> I was thinking of too. Yeah. <laughs> F- flopping around.
0: <laughs> oh man. like, uh, so, yeah, I love the Harry Potter movies.
1: <laughs> talk about dating
0: our generation. Also, Ah, um, one Harry Potter and. What are you talk?
1: Know. What are you talking about? Harry Potter is forever, Doug.
0: Harry about is <laughs> <Potter's> forever. <laughs> Not uh, unless uh, JK Rowling gets cancelled.
1: Uh she's already been cancelled like two or three times, so
0: Yeah. I oh, think yeah. what's with all the macadamia nuts? What are they looking for?
1: It's how it's uh the macadamia nuts is how they're covering it. Ah. Macadamia nuts is the is the name of the uh project.
2: Hmm.
0: Mm, lots mm, some macadamia cookies. I haven't had those in a while.
1: <laughs> you're getting, you're getting off track, Doug. We need to reel you back in.
0: God, I'm just hungry, man. Some <laughs> macadamia cookies.
1: And so I I cut you off earlier though, talking about Faye and the suspenders though.
0: <laughs> we don't need to go back to that. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a funny. Des- it's just a funny costume choice design that feels very fan servicey. And speaking of Faye, here's Faye.
1: Here's Faye. I I was sorry as a. As a commentary on that kind of fanservice-y um, oh. idea, though, because because she's like she's definitely the most vulnerable out of a, out of the whole cast, um, and she's got very certain reasons why she dresses and does the things that she does.
0: Yeah. Well, for one, she kind of had to create a a whole new personality because, well, for those who don't know the show, you're going to get spoiled.
1: Yeah, well, we Faye, were we were teasing it earlier, but oh well. Yeah. Here we go. Faye
0: is technically eighty years old. Yeah, and she was on Earth pre colonization of Mars. Sponsored I, by Elon Musk. Sp-
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 Which that and well, now that we're talking about, it, that is my favorite episode.
0: That is your favorite episode yeah. when they're looking for the beta. The beta, beta tape, tape player. The beta tape I, player. I,
1: I, I had a feeling that was your favorite episode. I mean, I I love face characterization in that one. It's heartwrenching. Oh,
0: it is. It's like yeah. when you're watching like the uh, like her own like uh, video testimonials as a kid. Like I think that's re- technically the only episode that could like make you cry. You know, because uh, the show gets yeah. very nihilistic and stuff, but it doesn't really pull at your heartstrings until that episode, really.
1: Yeah, and it's the only one that does, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I love yeah I love everything about that episode, everything from the tech to the, to the characters to them reacting, looking at this Betamax tape. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, what is this thing, and they're like pulling it apart. <laughs>
0: um, and same with uh, I was gonna say, so so do you self-identify with the, uh, with the guy who hoards all the old earth technology
1: a little bit i do like that oh. character he's he's a he's a dork he's a yeah he's
0: he's just, he's just a technophobe
1: and they, they go techno <laughs> they, techno fan. they start breaking his vhs players. yeah he's like
0: demanding money from them and then like jet just hangs up on him yeah like, yeah
1: thanks again thank you bye <laughs> But at the same time, I don't, because at that point, they should have been technological muse- museum pieces. Not right. held to by one... I don't know. W- cheeto by- eating dude. Yeah. <laughs> so identify with him a little bit, but I also think that he's a villain. I was going to say, so do, you,
0: do you see yourself as the as the uh, uh, pound cake eating <laughs> covered pound cake f- on your fingers and your got all these VHS players and vinyl players.
1: Uh, I mean, right now, I don't have a single... Wait. No, I don't have a single VHS player right now. So No? I guess well, you not. got the little TV. I do have the, my little TV, but that one's because that was my TV growing up. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't want to get rid of that yet. It can still play my NES games. It's still got the same... Good, good connection for it.
0: And we got... And you got the, uh pre 96 original trilogy
1: i do have yeah again and that's my copy <laughs> same with everything else that nes was my mom's nes and all mm-hmm. this stuff is like my family's heirlooms and that's why i keep them going my, my record machine player is my mom's record machine player and the receiver is my grandfather's and my speakers are my dad's the so.
0: uh, receiver I have is a JVC that was uh, restored and refurbished by my mom's coworker, and then uh, I just bought a, a U-turn record player. The record player. He 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 suggested for me. Yeah. It's like it's nice, easy to use, and it's got a good ampage. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll try it out, and I've I've loved it every ever since. Like it's kind of kind of like how the show is. Like I got I got a brand new record player with a '70s receiver. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs>
1: Hey, you're still getting the sound though, so that's fine. Oh yeah. That's all that counts.
0: Nope, I can't I can't wait to play that Bauhaus record I just got. <laughs> actually, speaking of records, so in my record store, um I always frequent out in uh in the area, um, they actually had ca- the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. And I was so close to just saying screw it and just buy it, but it was like seventy five dollars.
1: Oh, I was gonna say buy it anyway, but seventy five
0: yeah i was like
1: do you know which one it was was it just the best of album it was yeah it
0: was it it looked like a compilation it wasn't like the red album the sky album or anything like that um i mean if i had my choice i would have gotten all i wish they had them all in lp but they don't
1: i I was gonna say there's like five or six
0: yeah um... there's yeah there's five or six albums and i i wish all of them were in like lp and I mean, I got a discogs that's I they're on my want list, but <laughs> every copy I manage to find it's yeah, 70 plus dollars. And yeah, no. I that is that is one LP I desperately want. is just any of the Cowboy Bebop albums, um Seatbelts albums.
1: That would be <clears throat> excuse me. That'd be cool too to have. Yeah. But I, yeah, I've never even seen them. So
0: like i would love i would love to see Yoko Kano like um score for a uh for a live action film
1: is is she still active I don't even know if she's active anymore
0: um I think the last thing she did was the ghost in the shell standalone complex series, which people say is the best adaptation of Ghost in the shell so far okay um so it's like ah and it's got Yoko Kano in it yeah
1: count me in (laughs) doing the doing the soundtrack work yeah yeah however there's our our connection with the uh the robber at the beginning yeah um he got screwed over by his corporation and then he's getting he's just taking revenge on innocent people you know just that little that little market lady had nothing to do with it but he gets screwed over by some kind of organization and taking it out on people. Yeah. Same with, uh, now we learned that's how Vince it That's his motivation. Mm-hmm. Is that he got experimented on and now he's gonna get his revenge.
0: Yeah. Uh-oh.
1: <laughs> Figured I might as well point that out real quick.
0: Just so everybody's on the same page.
1: <laughs> Okay, so are her and Vincent uh, were they lovers or sister? Brother-sister? They were lovers. Okay.
0: And I think that's how she because I think that's how she got the immunity.
1: Oh, she, I think that's that explanation is about to pop up. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I should have waited another second, but yeah, you should probably waited another scene. But oh uh, well. Yeah, here it is. This is this is the scene. Darn it! <laughs> I guess that's gonna happen, right?
0: Yep. But yep, it's all bureaucracies to just Hi. <laughs> hush hush and keep everything hidden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yo.
1: I haven't really talked about the uh, um, dialogue too much.
0: It's very pulpy.
1: Very pulpy. Very Tarantino-esque.
0: I would use, I would say, yeah, uh, very Len- Elmore Leonard. You know, um, with lots of exposition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, especially with that. The. Pulp uh, noir. Especially with that one guy who's just been walking around talking to. Spike, the, the yeah.
0: Oh, the merchant.
1: The merchant. Yes. Ah, <laughs> for corgi.
0: I know ein is actually based off a real dog. Oh really? Like, down pattern and everything, and personality. Huh. Uh, I can't remember whose dog it was. Um, one of one of the animators, I believe. I see. Their Corgi, which I think is awesome,
1: <laughs> God loves the little corgi running around anyway yeah here's here's the explanation scene where they're both uh both in jail and i think uh <laughs> spike spike has a visual gag here where he's trying to get out of the jail cell and he's like moving his limbs through the mm-hmm. through the bars.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and we're trying to convey what the what a vaccine is I guess as if somebody doesn't know what a vaccine is
0: I, I'm pretty sure everybody knows what a, vac- <laughs> a vaccine is by now or at least should have an idea of what a vaccine is by now
1: electric darn it <laughs> uh, I just watched this last night she only says yeah. it once
2: yeah,
1: I think uh, my translation is a little different because um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: since I'm I'm watching the sub version, and I watched the dub version last night. And I'm and I watched a little bit of the sub version today just to see what the differences were. Uh huh. Um, and there's there's a couple of different weird translation things going on. Oh, I bet there's there's not enough quippiness in the uh, and the sub version, it's a lot more straight.
0: Yeah, and I and I think that it, that's why people would argue that this is the better dub over sub.
1: I you know and when it comes to the mediums and looking at this one uh, a lot more with a critical eye, mm-hmm. so uh, so to speak. Um, this one definitely has. I mean, the uh, dub has a lot more personality almost at least at better, least with Spike's character
0: yeah in, in a better direction and i i would argue same with Jet's voice actor too in the dub where um you oh. get a real great sense of their character oh, yeah. um and i can't remember who 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 did the ADR i can't remember her name but um the fact that she gathered all these a- actors and actresses together and were able to direct them in this certain way for a dub, you know, kind of, kind of like a thankless job. Because again, you know, I think we've talked about before. Not many people are big fans of the dubs if they're really into anime. You know, it's sub only. Them. um Me, I, 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 I could do both. I sometimes prefer dub. Definitely with Cowboy Bebop. I don't think I could ever watch the sub for Cowboy Bebop. Um, because like as you pointed out, um, it's not as quippy. Like I don't get that personality Um, in characterization like I do in the dub but I was watching um, uh, you know I've been watching Attack on Titan like that one I can watch in the sub or the dub it doesn't matter I could go between the two and it doesn't matter because I get an understanding of who the characters are from both from both sides of it from both types of actors from the Japanese and the English Um, and I think the voice acting in that is just simply incredible um would i say sub over dub in that case yes um just by a little bit tiny um, bit. for this no question dub over sub like we were talking steve blum is amazing i know you're a big steve blum fan
1: he just keeps popping up in different things
0: it just keeps popping up in different <laughs> things and he's the voice of tom in Toonami. Yes. there that's how we ring it out back to
1: <laughs> to tsunami yes
0: bring it back to tom Toonami.
1: Um, I think that's why... I mean, I watched the first five episodes and my mm-hmm. original watching of Cowboy Bebop. I watched the first five episodes dubbed. Mm-hmm. I ended up watching the rest of them subbed, but I already got their characters and their voice actor delivery in my head to such an extent that I was able to, at least for the TV show, that I was able to get it pretty far just going sub, mixing it yeah. up between the two. Like you just said with Attack on Titan. Uh, that's how you know that it's a... Really good dub dub work.
0: It's, like I said, I, I can't think of her name at the top of my head, but the the voice director for the original show and the original dub, I don't know if it was Funimation or whoever did it, but, um, um yeah, it was this one woman. I was, like, watching a whole video on, the, like, the behind-the-scenes of, like, why, what made the dub for Cowboy Bebop just so damn good. And I was like, that's and it was like they were going well into it and describing into how they discovered Steve Blum like he was only doing like minor stuff before Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. and uh,
1: as we're watching this scene right here we're, talking as about... we're watching
0: yeah it's like ah I'm, try, I'm trying to just focus on something else other than <laughs> again talking about some very lewd stuff um
1: how, but <laughs> there's no nudity so it's. I mean, like like I was saying earlier with that w- really quick shot. I at least uh, I'm always say his last name incorrectly, but Watanabe. Yeah. Um. Never lets it go too far. We no. already we already understand what this scene is, and the exploitation has already been hit the hit at least for me for a movie like this. We've already hit the the threshold. Mm-hmm. Um. We already know what's going to happen, um, and your mind makes the connection, right? Yep. For, for what the you know this. You no, know, uh, I'm oh, sorry. I was trying to read what you're saying there. No. Oh. Um. But you know,
0: he's a very Bebop villain. He's a very Bebop about villain. nihilistic nonsense. Like he's your vicious 2.0. I was gonna say
1: Almost. he is. A, There's certain aspects to his character that just feels like uh, we already did Vicious, but we kind of want to do him again.
0: Like, he's a Titan War survivor. He was screwed over by the government um, and became a merciless killer.
1: Now, if you really wanted to make the show 70s, you'd have a ton of Titan War veterans walking around. Yeah. (laughs) Make it like a Vietnam War kind of thing. Yep.
0: I mean, that's kind of what Titan is supposed to be are maybe more a uh, Russia and Afghanistan which are both Vietnam basically
1: <laughs> Vietnam for either country either side of the yeah, eastern western blocks yep yep see this guy's got the same technology where he, yeah. pres- where he presses his, uh, his uh, cigarette holder Mm-hmm. Now ah, pops a cigarette. So they're being consistent. It's another important detail for sci fi. Mm-hmm. Gotta be consistent once you set something up. Exactly. Something that well. Ah and never mind, I'll I'll it's not really pertinent to this commentary track, so I'll just move on. Yeah,
0: like the I got like Vincent's like in the witch's hat.
1: No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, it's Halloween. It's Halloween. He's dressing for the occasion. foghorn here's run right up
0: getting enthralled in all this
1: i know i especially towards the end it, it's extremely quick yeah quick, quick pace at this point um still have about half an hour left so that, that's say, yeah,
0: and it feels really fast too
1: That that's a okay. good sign
0: great great action direction
1: there they go. I'm just waiting for my favorite scene. <laughs> In a very uh uh sarcastic sense.
0: The very what?
1: And, uh, it's uh, my favorite sarcastic scene. Oh yeah. I mean obviously I think the the kung fu action is amazing, especially for an animated oh, yeah. film. Mhm.
0: Um Oh, the final fight is
1: awesome but yeah i'm waiting i'm waiting for that and there's i'm waiting for the three old men to show up again they've got another <laughs> oh, nice. great little cameo
0: oh we're they actually get to do something
1: they do actually get to do something yes
0: hey it's the JSSP. talk about our evangelion
1: <laughs> yeah and they got the same kind of look to them don't they that, that must just yeah. be the 90s influence I th- I had NATO. I pretty sure it looked like that at the time.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. Like, yeah. NATO like soldiers and such. Or they just aren't just nameless.
1: Yeah. Now, before I get sexually confused again, <laughs> <laughs> t- talking about like director, not overstepping a line. Yeah. Um, And different movies different tv shows and I'm, th- I'm thinking of akira here
0: uh-huh we just oh. have, we just have
1: those those boobs hanging out the whole time <laughs> you know yeah
0: well yeah and and same with akira too it's like it's a, it's in a very uncomfortable sense
1: yeah I, it does i i think that maybe if we ever talk about akira we'll we'll talk about that scene too obviously yeah um but they convey very different things, even though they're almost the same in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just different ways to go about uh, portraying some kind of sexual deviancy.
0: Right. It's, it, I mean, like, I don't know, it's kind of awkward in discussing this, because it's, like, um, how to go about it and, like why have a reason for it to be there in the first place because um you don't yeah you don't want to come off exploitive yeah and i feel like that's become like a, the norm almost it's like like hbo it's like we're they make the jokes about like what hbo like tries to get away with and it's like you become numb to it and you're just like ah it's just, now it just feels too exploitive now it's like you know it's like why did i need that scene You know, it's all. I like. I'm trying to think of an example where it is needed, and there it does have the context. But it's like it's hard for me to even think of a good example of one.
1: They're out there. Just give me half a second here.
0: Maybe it's just Um... that's my just my midwestern uh, sensibility (laughs) (laughs) I
1: mean, it's. I mean, it's there supposed to be there for character and how far uh how far uh somebody's willing to go right and it's a good it's a good way of showing evil characters just because that's such a agreed upon part of society
0: yeah i mean it's it's like it's like hitting kids once you see somebody hit
1: a kid you you know that they're not a good person
0: exactly like i would think of okay uh the frank booth character in blue velvet yeah. i think when he is first introduced um because that's a very it's a very suggestive noir and it kind of lets you know that right off the bat especially when he enters the room just to show off how bad of a bad of a guy that he is and you know dennis hopper plays it brilliantly and disgustingly at the same time it's awesome <laughs>
1: been a while since I've seen that one as well but yeah that character definitely I mean they stick out too right Mm-hmm. same with Vincent I mean he's he vicious uh never gets to that point right
0: well vicious never got that far
1: yeah so that's why and that's why maybe that's why they did it I don't know just to give some yeah. differentiation between the characters
0: I still, I still find it so funny that the uh, dub voice for Vicious is also the voice for uh, Mike Guy in Naruto. <laughs> I, I, will still not get over that. Like, talk about total. You know, this guy's got range on personality.
1: That's how I you know he's a good voice actor. Yeah. Same with
0: Gagashi. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like being picturing that. You know, speaking of, like, late-night Toonami and, like, watching old Naruto. That
1: was towards the end of uh, Toonami's run, though, I think. I think Toonami well, to- stopped... Uh- Go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, Toonami's still on.
1: Oh, it is? Yeah.
0: They're showing... They've been showing Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer.
1: Oh, my God. See, this is what. <laughs> I haven't watched television in over ten years, so... <laughs> technically not really many
0: people do watch television it's all streaming
1: yep hey man it's convenient
0: it is i mean again like i I, when toonami came out and about um it can't really be repeated in today you know you could just maybe put like a few titles on netflix maybe and they'll catch some ground but like to get the same impact and like revitalization that tsunami brought forth with um, opening Western audiences' eyes to anime itself. Like I, I don't think you can really recreate that uh, cultural significance.
1: Yeah, and just the feeling itself, which no. Yeah. Really, really quickly, I got to point out the uh, the shadows. Oh, as as the awesome. cockpit moves again, amazing uh, attention to detail. Um, but yeah, the feeling of. Tanami, especially for me, is so specific. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something I don't, I don't think will ever be recreated. Um, no, just that that late night vibe of seeing something that... f- uh, to me that was genuinely foreign. You know, yeah. and something that I mean, it opened up. It was like, it's not exactly like traveling to a different country or anything like that. But no. you get a different kind of perspective on you what get a animation experience. can be. You know?
0: Yes, and. uh, I was also going to say just that, uh, late night feeling of, uh, just staying up late watching a, you know, a television block. Yeah. You know, you won't get that anymore. Now it's like you're binging 10 episodes in a day that go into 4 a.m. at night.
1: Exactly. It, it, It was special because it was something that only occurred at a very specific time.
0: Yep. Um. Nobody's got the time for that now.
1: And... I mean that's just the nature of things, right? I, I, there'll still be that experience. It just won't be. It'll just be a little different.
0: It's yeah. Um, it's just a little difference.
1: And honestly, this is that's something that uh, we could probably talk about for hours, but easily. I don't know if we really got the time for it in this one.
0: Um, I said Maybe I, we'll th- save it for other anime.
1: Other anime stuff. Yeah. Other, after after dark anime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after dark anime. Which to me is all anime, but you know.
0: That... I mean, what we're familiar with, yeah, pretty much.
1: I love uh, the idea. Star of... Wars sound effect. I, was, yeah. I love the idea that he's he's able to use um, debris from the dam as a electron or a countermeasure, not electronic yes. countermeasure, but just a countermeasure. It's funny that you still have countermeasures in mm-hmm. space. I suppose. Oh, I know, right? I suppose that's important, right? Do you no. hear, you? You heard those stories about uh, early, like AIM missiles and uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: self-propelled rocket, or yeah, missiles on jet aircraft where they target their own, they shoot it off, mm-hmm. and it just target their own aircraft. Really, so still good idea to have c- countermeasures, I guess.
0: Oh yeah, no, I. Uh, these are some of my favorite dog fights.
1: This is this is the best dog fight in the whole show. Oh yeah. Easily, and that's because they had the, the they had the budget for it. So they had the budget for it. And here's and my I, favorite uh, scene: all the old aircraft. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> and it's all falling apart.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: And this is like you I, got a zero, you got a Mustang, you got a P fifty one, biplanes.
1: Oh yeah, you got the the uh, yeah tri Tridecker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guess what this it's- aircraft is.
0: Which one
1: is that? The one that the three old men are in. Oh wait. Oh. What is it? This is this is called a fairy swordfish. Oh. And it's bird. Ah, nice little
0: tie-in. It's a tie-in
1: uh, with uh yeah. Spikes. With spikes aircraft. That's awesome. So there you go. It's still got his torpedo on it for some reason. Yeah. Uh, the 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 swordfish was the. Uh, the plane that bombed the Bismarck. Right. So it's still got the little torpedo on it. Um, symbolically, I suppose. But yeah, this is funny that the Zero falls apart immediately. Oh,
0: I, I was going to say, that's it's one of my favorite comedic <laughs> shots of all time. You're watching just all these planes <laughs> flying around and yeah, the, the Zero just exploding and the guy in the parachute yep. <laughs> falling down and then just the follow-up of all these
1: planes just <laughs> dropping out of the sky and then jet's reaction they don't build them like they used to as all (laughs) the planes start falling apart (laughs) oh man but
2: man
0: that could be a a self-commentary on like you know just like filmmaking of yesteryear and people trying to replicate that and just
1: failing miserably miserably, yeah (laughs) happens all the time happens all the time (laughs) Um, but again it serves that dual purpose of giving the world depth yep. like these are all real things that existed in a past world mm-hmm. and somebody had them as museum pieces I mean that's ah, great little detail talk,
0: talk about yeah like 200 year old planes at this point but that's awesome
1: we have 200 year old planes well they're 100 years old still 200 years old
0: but i would saying in this universe in this universe 200 200 200.
1: yeah like we still have these planes and they technically still i mean if somebody actually worked on them and got the engines running again could theoretically think, fly uh, so
0: so uh sometimes um i don't know if I, we've talked about uh like willow run or air shows um but uh my uncle was in the blue angels uh he was one of their uh engineers and uh, he would uh, get us tickets to some of the shows and the ones we would go to the most because we lived closest to it was uh, Willow Run. And uh, at Willow Run, they restored a B-25 huh. that uh, you can actually get tours to fly in. Um, and you can like sit in the, the gun turret bubble. The oh, turret.
1: That'd be awesome.
0: Right, wouldn't that be cool? And uh, sometimes it flies over my house.
1: Oh, does not <laughs>
0: Yeah, when they do it, because yeah, I, I I just love seeing that plane. It's because it, I mean it's a or no, it's B seventeen. I was gonna,
1: sorry. I was gonna say B twenty five was a little bit. It's a pretty Smaller. big plane.
0: No, it's the it's the bigger one, which is the bigger one, B seventeen or B twenty five.
1: B twenty five.
0: Okay, it's a B twenty five. But, B- but th- it's not like that.
1: Honestly, they're not that much different. So. No. I mean, yeah. Which there one are differences, like- but it's not. It's, this isn't the show for it. <laughs> no. But anyways,
0: I I just love being able to like look up at the sky sometimes when I hear those four propellers and I look up and I see that awesome B twenty five and it's a steel glory. Probably. And it's like ah.
1: Probably flies pretty low too. They can
0: still get that up and running, let alone somebody to fly it. Yeah. Same with the people that uh, still run the Polar Express train in Owasso. Oh yeah. You know, it's like ah, it's so cool. It's. It'll be a day when nobody knows how to drive those things anymore.
1: Maybe. I'm not. I'm not Maybe. entirely convinced quite yet because you'll always have somebody. Uh, I think it's just the amount of people will get lower and lower, but there will still be that tiny little contingent. Mm-hmm. Uh That at least keeps some kind of paperwork on how to fly him, so if you have the basics down, you might be able to do it, yeah, but like I said, super important for sci fi especially if you're trying to make a some kind of epic right that's set in our timeline
0: no and i and i love I love the plan to defeat the bad guy in this movie, oh yeah, it's simple, it's to the point comedic and uh and even the villain's plan like is pretty good too you know trying to do it at uh during a parade and hiding it at all in balloons like i think that's great
1: <laughs> kind of reminds me of this uh i used to read this comic um it was made in the 70s uh-huh. uh huh it's called master of kung fu oh okay um obviously right kung fu right and- yep anyway um yeah he's got an acid rain pack that he shoots in the clouds oh really and he's yeah he's gonna rain it on a parade and the the (laughs) good guy has to kung fu fight him i can't remember what his name is
0: watsanabi stole from that comic
1: oh i don't know it's almost like people (laughs) get influenced
0: but no i that. that was
1: an american comic i i seriously doubt if you ever would have seen it
0: no, it's. Hey, you never know. I mean, lots of American influences in the show. Right. Oh, no, that's true. <laughs> the witch's hat.
1: I do like the witch's hat that flies by.
0: That's like the tumbleweed.
1: <laughs> Dang, shoots him like two or three times right there. Two or
0: three times, and he still doesn't go down.
1: Ah man, not much time left. Uh, more Bruce Lee action, though.
0: Yeah, more Bruce Lee action. Uh, Over, uh, dazzling fireworks.
1: Remi- oh hey, there we go. Reminds me of the sinking of the Bismarck. Yeah, you old heart. Uh, that was back in World War Two. Ah, <laughs> uh, the old folks, the old <laughs> teasers. But uh, mixed in with all this real airplane stuff is is like early jets. Yeah, and, uh, and like some fictional jets that uh, still work with the uh, the aesthetic of the of the show. It's
0: it's kind of like the like you know like the evolution of the Enterprise, right. You right? know, like what came before the Enterprise and like after it. Like I I love all that stuff when you can actually trace back and you can actually create like a class of a ship. Yep, that was derived from something in the present. Oh yeah i love that
1: again <laughs> it's helped so much with building a world It's yes. it, it's i mean obviously you need a good story for the world but when you but you want to, you want to get those details right it's. i'm gonna say oh, almost necessary
0: because i think i can't remember which one we talked about it in where that's like that's where that's what can make it or break it for a film is just like how much you're willing to invest into it
1: yeah you and know. that that's not just money that's that's also time and and idea
0: yes idea um, making no obviously yeah people want a good budget but like sometimes you're not going to be able to work with that so you got to find a way to work around that and still be able to present the story that you want to tell in the way you want to tell it or show it
1: or sh- yeah say and <laughs> in the in the case of um uh, of movies
0: oh i just like that kid sitting on somebody's shoulder and he's wearing a bones animation yeah <laughs> again we're talking about detail and it's like oh it's great and of course bones studio is now famous for my hero academia like that's their big that's their big show now huh like there'll be a generation jeremy that uh, when people associate bones it won't be with cowboy bebop it'll be with my hero academia
1: hmm.
0: i don't know if that'll probably break your heart a little
1: I'm not. I'm not convinced yet. <laughs> I still think Cowboy Bebop is, obviously because I'm super biased. I can't get over my bias on this one. i no. always love Cowboy Bebop more.
0: I mean, when I think bones, I think Cowboy Bebop. But I'm. I'm sure some Gen Z or when they hear bones, I know. In the studio. if they care about that type of stuff, I, I know. MHA. I, did, I didn't even MHA. really answer
1: answer your question there. Um. Yeah, I, but that's just the way that that's the way time works, you know. Yeah. There's a, there's a point when when M, MGM was known for, I don't know, The Wizard of Oz, you know. Right. How many people think of MGM and Wizard of Oz anymore? They're not no. exactly the same. I love that. Yep the the cigarette. <laughs> the, can... of
0: the wet cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Just flicks it back.
1: Very noir. I guess yeah. well. I, honestly, I don't see too many cowboys that actually smoke. But it's probably because I didn't the watch nice the 50 one. stuff.
0: The man with no name.
1: Yeah, but that's not cigarettes. It's still smoking. It's smoking, but I. I don't know. For some reason, I. I disassociate cigars and cigarettes.
0: Oh, for, for no good well, reason. I was going to say, the, the Marlboro Man.
1: Because C- when I think of... When oh, I think I of... Uh, of Noir... Sorry, I'm getting off topic now.
0: Yeah, I know. No, you're good, man.
1: Anyway, this is how you can tell that you are got the drug in your system. So if you start the, seeing the butterflies. The butterfly motifs. Yeah.
0: yeah. Which, I I don't know if it's like the line reading itself, but when he's when he's mentioning talking about like are these butterflies really here
1: this whole i don't
0: know it just gets a chuckle out of me oh from steve blum yeah no from uh vincent oh from vincent because uh
1: spike says it right at the end too
0: yeah Um. Ah, it's beautiful like that could be somebody's screensaver, I bet.
1: I think it probably is somebody's screensaver.
0: I would I would that would probably make me happy.
1: <laughs> I don't know, it's Spike's people getting pointed at with a gun.
0: <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, but I'd have to have it I'd, at a different spot. That's the life Spike always had. <laughs> was being on the other side of a gun. That's true.
1: Interesting cut though. From all the butterflies, yeah. now there's no butterflies. So you can tell that she's the one that's got the vaccine in her. Yep. Interesting perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Changing effects. All that stuff.
0: Hey, it's like they know how to show and hey. not just
1: tell. <laughs> it's almost like they know how to... What was what did I say the first time? It's almost like they know how to write a screenplay, but it's not the screenplay. Yeah. It's the uh, visual direction.
0: It's like it's like they know how to make
1: a movie. It's like they know how to make a movie, Doug.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love that that cut. What? Oh, he just like opens her eyes and then he's on the ground. They're just dying. Dang. But yeah, Vincent basically confirms what you were asking before. She's the one I used to love. Yep. He regained his memory. At the cost of his life.
1: At the cost of his life. Well. I mean, Sorry. to be fair, he wasn't gonna have a life after this anyway. Yeah.
0: Sorry, you uh, Vincent and Electra shippers out there.
1: <laughs> he had one good movie. <laughs> I mean, we'll always have Mars. you all uh, There's a, there's a noir reference.
0: Yeah. Look at me.
1: There you go. You're so many layers right now.
0: <laughs> Play it again, Kano.
1: Play it again. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I actually don't like Casablanca that much. You've told me. I know I just quoted it a bunch, but I'm not that big a fan of it. Maybe I'm not a big Humphrey Bogart fan.
1: You've told me that before, too. I (laughs) probably have. I, uh, obviously, I mean, I love me some noir. Oh, I love noir. It it doesn't... It's one of those genres where I don't think... Even, like, the really garbage stuff that I know is really garbage, I'll still... it's, It's that genre that I like, so...
0: Nope, I love my Billy Wilder noirs. I love my uh, Maltese Falcon. Uh, who's the author? Uh, Chandler. I love uh, my Chandler. Raymond that's, Chandler.
1: That's Deshiel Hammett. Hammett. Oh. Uh, that's who does Maltese Falcon. But um, yeah. uh, you're probably Big thinking sleep. of Big Sleep. Big Sleep. Yeah. Which is fantastic. If anybody wants yeah. a good old classic 1940s noir, go, they definitely got to read some philip Marlowe books
0: philip Marlowe books and uh raymond chandler raymond chandler yeah read uh yeah watch double indemnity
1: double indemnity written by chandler as well so yeah he could write a couple screenplays too that chandler he did
0: he he wrote double indemnity with billy uh with no not with billy wilder but he did write double indemnity didn't he
1: yes yeah yep he wrote that he wrote two or three uh i want to say he did rear View or something Ooh. to that effect strangers in the mirror he did he did one i think with uh, Hitchcock
0: oh okay no but you know what my favorite uh noir movie is from the uh from the fifties forties or fifties fifties
1: i have no idea
0: it would have been, like, I think, like, 1950, 1951. Sunset Boulevard? Okay, hey, no. It's got Robert Mitchum in it.
1: Robert Mitchum, yeah. Um, now, well, shoot, now I'm thinking of the adaptations with him and Philip Marlowe. But that's in the 70s.
0: Yeah, those were in the 70s. Um, oh, it's a swordfish. It is a swordfish. Last time with the three guys.
1: Um... You got to give me a hint.
0: Uh, he's a quote unquote preacher. With uh, love and hate tattooed on his knuckles. Oh, shoot.
1: Yeah. Uh, Can't think of it. Nope. I know what you're talking Night, about. Though. Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter.
0: Which I think is, I think that's textbook noir in the way it's shot, the way it's lit. Very important yep. in your noirs is how you light them, and even Cowboy Bebop was really good about that too. Obviously, Cowboy Bebop has neo noir yep. themes, um, but even the lighting, absolute key.
1: And uh, I mean, that's more an aspect of the show. Yeah. Uh, especially anything having to do with Vincent and then oh spike yeah. spike is all noir he's the noir character for
0: sure when there, yeah whenever it was this because probably the best i mean i mean we have our, we will always have our favorite episodes from the show but if there's ever been a best episode of cowboy bebop like the one that set the bench mark um or set the bar uh Ballad of fallen angels
1: yep I mean that one sticks with everybody. So
0: that one sticks with everybody with the music, with the, uh, I just, I like it's, it's in my top three shootouts. Ever, you know, like that, that knows you know how to choreograph, and direct action. Like I feel like most people should just watch that shootout.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. it's got
0: a sense of depth, a sense of layout where everybody is, and what's at stake. Tension, and it's incredibly well done.
1: I mean, even live action people could probably take a page.
0: Oh right, yeah. From that, like uh, John Woo, you know, was probably the biggest influence for that scene, because that's what it reminded me a lot of. It's just like an old school John Woo shootout.
1: Yeah, yep. Uh, Especially sound effects. Yeah. Sound effects into sound effects in this movie as well. Very John Woo inspired. I think we mm-hmm. mentioned that already, though. So.
0: Oh, we did. Oh, there's our. There's our butterfly.
1: Yep. Was it all a dream, Doug? Ooh, who knows? Ooh, who knows? That's a. That's a. I don't know if that's a famous. Argument online or not. Whether or not this entire movie is a dream, but. Really. Yeah. I've not heard of that. Honestly. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was just gonna say it's kind of like uh, going back on Ava, you know, being the. Uh... Um, is this the real ending or is this the original ending just told in a different way? Type thing. Right. Um, but, you know, you get that uh, mirror shot uh, from uh, beginning and end. Um, what's that called? Bookend?
1: Bookend? Bookend,
0: yeah. You get that bookend where it's, it's kind of even had like an Apocalypse Now vibe to it, you know, with even the fan. Yeah. You know, and he's waking up. You know, so it's like ah
1: And the, the doing, last the I last title card Oops sorry. Yeah.
0: And uh and then of course you know the last title card is Are you Living in a Dream. You know, so could have been, but I yeah. would like to think that it was just one more adventure, they just did not
1: air. Yep. I honestly, uh I'm pessimistic, but not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd like to believe that whenever I watch something, it's not a complete waste of time. So. Right. Again, no. I think that's just what, I think that's what Watanabe doing his thing I, again.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a nice little uh, bit of intrigue because um I think I've said this before, but like when you set something in a dream or that's the twist... And it takes away everything.
1: It takes away the All, entire
0: yeah. It takes away the whole point, and it's like oh, so they were never in danger. Exactly. Okay. No, I I hate that concept. It's like then what? Why why should I care?
1: So, I think I think it, this is more Watsonabe doing his uh, it, audience input that, kind of thing. Audience participation. Yeah, audience
0: input and playing up that ambiguity, which yep. you know. If you make it ambiguous enough where I don't have to be like, oh, you mean to tell me it was a dream the whole time? Man, fuck you. It's like, come (laughs) on. No. It's like, no, it's just a little bit there. Because, you know, with Spike's character as well, and you get that bookend, it's just enough. Have it cross your mind, but not enough to be like, okay, just scrap it. It doesn't matter. It just happened in a man's thoughts. just passing.
1: Right. Honestly... I, he would go on to keep doing this, I think for every show that he made. The one that comes yeah. to mind for me is uh Kids on the Slope, which mm-hmm. is set in the nineteen sixties and it's about jazz, obviously, right? Right. Um
0: The Man Doesn't Miss a Beat.
1: <laughs> and oh, exactly. Um and it's it's that rare incidence where he he based it off of a manga first. So mm. the manga came out before the anime. Um. And the manga has a very clear, distinct ending. Mm -hmm. And the show gets rid of it (laughs) because he's he's directing it. Um, Right. He's the head director. He just he just takes the whole like half end half of the last book and just or even like the entire last book and just chops it off. Oh my god. And leaves it at the at the um, at the you know (laughs) up to your perspective. Kind of
0: in there. right. And Watson Abbey, he really likes to screw with you.
1: He does. He's he's very good at it.
0: Cause like I can only think of, um. Like I feel like Samurai Shampoo. I haven't finished Carol and Tuesday. I still need to bring myself to finish that one. But, I know. Um, Me too. I love I love Space Dandy even. You know talk about confusing shows like that one goes way off the rails and when it ends you're like what it's very uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy
1: oh <laughs> it's like okay. it's like japan's That's answer to that and it's absurdist great humor yeah
0: yes very surreal absurdist sci-fi um have you yeah have you seen space dandy no oh because I, I was
1: turned I, th- I was turned off by its animation
0: so. Oh, yeah, I mean, compared to the likes of... Because I'll get to... I'm getting to it, but, like, Samurai Champloo, I feel like that's the only one where it's clear-cut. Yeah. In terms of storytelling.
1: I'm trying um, to remember what the finale is. I know that the two swordsmen fight each other.
0: Well, they, they kind of do. They kind of
1: do, but they get ambushed, and, yeah.
0: They get ambushed, and they just... They try again, and they just pass out from exhaustion and <laughs> fatigue. Yep. <laughs> And uh, that's another one. Steve Blum yeah, exactly. is yeah. in as well. Um, but no, I, I mean, heck, this 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 commentary could just be, like, we didn't really talk too much about the meat of Cowboy Bebop as much as we just talked about Watanabe.
1: himself, yeah, and and, and, and his work and his, uh, yeah, his artistic ticks. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I'm sure there's a what? better word for it, but
0: basically what influenced him and like honestly like i i could spend this whole time just saying like just watch any of his shows
1: uh, they they're all about equal quality oh, cowboy Easier. bebop's the best one but they're all still about equal quality
0: i mean uh, yeah it's like cowboy bebop the swan song um then of course there's Samurai shantou i'm not i'm not raking these in any matter cuz like i said i need to finish carol tuesday um cuz that's his latest one and that's the one that's kind of the most you could almost say is like the like you know we were kind of comparing him to Quentin Tarantino but like if Tarantino says that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the closest to uh, Pulp Fiction then you could probably say Carolyn Tuesday is the closest he's been to since Cowboy Bebop. Interesting. And they're technically kind of set in that same universe so that's what makes me feel like that would be like that. His, because he's trying,
1: he's trying to like return to that. Uh, that yeah, world,
0: that yeah, that, that sense universe. of world building. You know, yeah. the colonized Mars, the space gates, and uh, those same themes of uh, poverty that are strewn about, even in Cowboy Bebop. Like that first episode, like they're eating peppers and beef with no beef. Yeah, <laughs> I, I. It's a great concept, and it's just like showing that like they're struggling to survive. You know, and Carolyn Tuesday is very much like that, too. Like, it's just, I mean, it's very childlike, and it's, you know, two girls that are trying to make it big in the music industry with uh, ver- with uh, such naive- na- naivety. That's why I say it's like a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood type story. And I feel like that's probably why a lot of people, when it premiered on Netflix, and people were like, oh, a new Watanabe show is going to be on Netflix. And it's like, you go from... Loving Cowboy Bebop, and then you get the show about two girls, two middle school or two teenage girls, trying to make it big in the music business. It's like, ah, what? What did you? <laughs> what did you do to me? Where's my? Where's my guns in action? Where's my? Uh, my sad themes? Why am I just getting uh, sad emo girl stuff?
1: <laughs> I mean, I watch Kids on the Slope, so
0: <laughs> true.
1: So I'm a little bit more used to it
0: um but the other cool thing about Carolyn tuesday also is the uh all the episodes are named after uh hit uh number 145s like there's a born to run and it's ah. got the bruce springsteen rpm and It's oh it's great it's great
1: interesting yeah i know i've already i i'm saying that i've already seen the first couple episodes too so <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's not news to me i'm just listening listen to you yeah <laughs> anyway, uh the movie has been done for like I don't know ten minutes now,
0: like like i said we were, like i kinda feel bad for cowboy bebop's behalf, but like if you're gonna talk cowboy bebop you gotta talk Watanabe like i mean just like just like when you're talking Ava you gotta talk uh Hidakayano, you know
1: i mean i I wanna say that that's almost not only this month but almost the show itself is dedicated to um. Not exactly their works, but the artistic ticks that they have. That each each creator and screenwriter and I mean, we yeah. even talked about set designing and costume designing in previous episodes as well. So
0: true. Um, well, I mean, that's kind of kind of kind of the point. We when we were doing this, when it was just like we just wanted to talk about the things that you know might might go uh, under the radar.
1: Yeah. You know? so- something um, that even the directors might not point out. Right. Just cuz it's impossible to point everything out. So
0: right, you know, and of course, you know, now people get the fun trivia that uh in real life Julia and Spike are together happily ever after.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> that's it's like ah, that's isolated nice but Um but like and yeah, to give um you know you and i what we've been asking people who've like come on board is like a subverse dub so it's like it's interesting when like in this to come around how uh they were able to adapt this and make it just feel as just like that dialogue just snappy and pulpy and just really well directed like, um uh, i can't really think of a, another dub that's just as good
1: i will say it's one of the few dubs that hasn't been re-recorded. Yeah. But I think there's, especially I'm thinking of Akira and, um, I think uh, Neon Genesis itself had. Yeah. Um, Sailor Moon did too. It's had multiple dubs mm-hmm. over its, uh, over its lifetime.
0: Hunter 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 has two versions of the same show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right.
0: You know. <laughs> But so we're
1: we're, we're uh, droning on now. So uh, conclusions.
0: Conclusions. Um, just fucking watch Cowboy Bebop. Like honestly, <laughs> if you want to get into anime, but you don't want to get into some of the stuff that might turn you off, the stuff that people criticize it for, I would just highly suggest watch this first. You know, start off easy. Something that's Easily translated to, and appealing towards Western audiences. This is the route to go, and you it
1: know. it shouldn't be criticized. This is something I think about too. Um, it shouldn't really be criticized for that. No, because I, I it plays both sides very well. So it does. Um, I don't have anything else to add. Obviously, uh, it's mm-hmm. number one in a lot of people's lists for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, no,
0: like. Uh, I think yeah like i said um when i was talking about last time with ava it's just like i hesitate suggesting this but suggesting that but when it comes to bebop i'll suggest it in a heartbeat i don't care who you are even if you don't like anime i say hey just watch it just give it a shot it's still cool
1: yep oh man it's for for a a certain generation it's the definition of cool much like steve mcqueen and
0: yep Spike Spiegel was the king of cool in 1997. <laughs> I, I can't think of a more cool, loquacious, laid-back, um, just affable and nihilistic individual, all like, all wrapped into one. Again, we were talking just characters alone in the show. Just spot-on great.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. So...
1: Well, I I think... I mean, there's a, we could probably talk for another two more hours,
0: but... We could probably talk another two hours, but I don't want to drone on. <laughs> i right. probably
1: cut it there. Um, just to keep it, you know... Keep things, you know, tight. <laughs> tight. <laughs> They're already starting to get a little loosey-goosey. But uh, I think next week should be interesting. So, yeah, so. next week uh, for
0: our third track for the anime special um, we'll be having ourselves a uh, special guest in a soon to be determined film that we don't even know what we're going to be watching yet
1: <laughs> I'm excited
0: I'm yeah, kind of excited to see what they'll pull out
1: but uh, because that, this person is
0: actually uh, they actually just started dabbling in animating so,
1: it'll so we'll be... get that perspective I was going to say it'll be nice to have that perspective for sure Yeah. So uh, until next week
0: until next time.
1: You know what you gotta say, cause the, the movie didn't say it for us.
0: Sayonara, Finn. The,
1: no, 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 no. The other one. Oh,
0: oh, like, <laughs> and a see you, space cowboy.